Welcome to Steeler Nation Live out of Rochester, New York. Your home for Steelers news info and other sports news with your host, Sanders Tisdale and James Owen and new anchor, former Super Bowl kicker, Jeff Reed. Welcome to Steeler Nation Live. Sanders Tisdale. And I'm James Owen. Guys, everybody out there knows if you weren't under a rock, we Played one of the better games this year in the NFL for the Steelers against the Cowboys. Came up on the short end of the stick. we got a lot to talk about on this show. Also, we want to make sure everybody knows to check us out. Call us in during the show. Get your feedback. 216-539-9967. We are streaming and WBLZ Sports, the only sports show out there that has balls. We're also streaming at TuneIn. Stiller Nation Live show. Check us out at our website, www.stillernationlive.net. And also check us out on Stitcher. Stream our shows. We are here to serve you. But let's get back to the main thing at hand. A lot of things to talk about. We're going to talk about the Steelers' loss to the Cowboys. Injury report. Browns up next. And the Steelers' playoff pitcher. You know, we all, we'll get into that a lot. And agree or disagree. Our other segment where... You know what? We're going to find out what you guys thought. So, again, call us in 216-539-9967. Let's start it off. Steelers, huge upsetting loss. I believe this will be felt the majority of the season right now because it was at a pivotal point for the Steelers who are teeter-tottering at that point. And I think maybe they probably broke the bow and went over the other side, losing to the Cowboys 35-30, to James. Yeah, it's uh, any loss is a tough loss. But it's not that we that – we didn't lose or the Cowboys didn't they won but we gave them the game basically we didn't we didn't actually lose the game or the Cowboys didn't actually win the game we we gave that to them but before we talk about that something else very important to everybody at heart today is November 15th and what is November 15th Sanders it's National Adoption Day so what better way to help Adopt a child by going to your local Wendy's. Now, it's National Adoption Night here. With the Dave Thomas Wendy's Foundation for for Adopting Kids, more than 100,000 children in the U.S. are waiting in foster care for an adoptive family. This November, Sanders, you can help. I can help. Anybody out there can help, too. Go to your local Wendy's tonight and buy a meal because money will be donated from your meal. Go buy a four for four, one of the greatest deal packages out there for for a meal is the four for four at the at your local Wendy's. Go to your local Wendy's, buy some food. That money goes to the you know to help Dave Thomas uh, Wendy's Adoption Foundation. But to date, the Dave Thomas Wendy's Foundation Adoption Foundation has found more than get this Sanders five thousand five hundred permanent homes for children. The foundation works every day to make unadoptable unacceptable go to their website davethomasfoundation.org and see how you can help out in your local community sanders and i had to put that in there because yeah we're here to talk about the steelers and the cowboys and you know everything like that but we need to get this information out and hopefully go to wendy's tonight folks because i'm going there after the show yeah, I mean, a lot, lot, there are a lot of things out there that are more important than football, and it's one of them, and it's huge. But like we said, let's touch base and get back to what we talk about, and that's football. Guys, 
Steelers lost this game 35 to 30. Now, this is a matchup that began back in the day in 1960. That's when they first met uh, up until 2016, November 13th, which was a fatal blow to the Steelers right now. And if you go back to the to the lead in this game, I mean, not the all time series lead. The Cowboys are actually leading 17 to 15 over the Steelers, and they even hold a lead 16 to 13 regular season games. But the Steelers hold the mighty important one postseason. A two-to-one lead over the Cowboys. Now, in this game, if you look at the score, very tight game to start off with. Now, the Steelers are still kind of, to me, a team that's in rebuilding mode. You know, we got young players on the defense, young players on the secondary. There are young guys, and the only older guy that's really out there on in the defensive squad or defensive side of the ball is Harrison. And he's still trying to put it out there. But as we all know, he's an aging, aging veteran. And in this game, the defense, the defense for the Steelers were really, they held their own. Because if you look at the, the, the box scores of this game, Dallas, they didn't look too good in the first half. To me, they didn't. That, the first half score in this game was 13 to 16. And the Steelers, 13 to 15, excuse me, the Steelers holding that two-point edge which we all know came about from the Steelers going for two-point conversion early on in the game. And the Steelers do that a lot in the game. Me and James talked offline, and I touched base with James about my thought about the fact that I love it. I love the fact that the Steelers go for two points on every time they get a touchdown. To me, that shows me that's a team that wants to put a dagger in your heart. Yeah, and, and last, last year, I, I think I could be wrong. I, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but I do believe the Steelers were 14 for 17 for two-point conversions. So why would you not do that this year? And there's a lot of people grumbling, a lot of grumbling, a lot of upset people about why Tomlin going for you know all these two-point conversions and people talking about he needs to be fired as head coach because the, the fact is, folks, you can't get around it. It's, it's really not the coach's... The job out there. He has players underneath him. He's the leader. He tells these guys what to do, and they're just supposed to do it. If he says go for two and you fail to do it, that's because you didn't execute the play right. Don't blame the coach. And let's look at that that the play really quick. We're going to talk about. I'm I'm sure down the down the line here with the the fake spike. And Roethlisberger throws a touchdown. Now, Sanders and I, we talked right before the show about this play, that it was like the greatest play out there. Everybody's, oh, my God, we're winning. Yes, we might win this game. Yes, there's a touchdown. Ben throws an interception. He's the biggest jerk out there. <laughs> Why did he throw that ball? Why did he just spike them? Folks, you, you, you can't win games without trying things. And, yes, it's frustrating when they don't work for you, but it's really not up to the coach if you cannot execute Maybe he's got to persuade you more. Maybe you need more training. Maybe you need to do more work on the field, more more practices or whatnot. But I feel it's really not the coach's job. To, when the ball's out there and you're out there playing, it's the coach hands you the ball, you do your job. That's it. He tells you what to do. You have to do it. You don't do it. It's not his fault. Yeah, I agree with you totally. And the fact is that's what's going on with the Steelers. There's a lot of guys that are not staying in lanes. There are a lot of guys that are missing tackles. There are a lot of guys that, on both sides of the ball, a lot of guys who are missing blocks on the offensive line. There are a lot of guys who aren't even going out and getting open downfield. You know, Antonio Brown's the only one that I really know of. Other than that, everybody else seems like they go they go off for a pass, and the guys are riding their back. I, I just don't understand it. And the fact is, now – 
let's let's be frank about it. The fact is the Steelers, they're missing a lot of big guns, especially Martavius Bryant, which was a huge one. Wheaton is out as well. We're going to talk about that in the injury report. And, and a slew for other things going on with the Steelers on the injury side, which we're going to get back into a little bit later. But the fact is the Steelers are hurting at all positions. And in this game with them take trying to go for two, they're, try, they're trying their best to put the points on the board. And these are points that sometimes if you get them, they help you. If you don't, they, yeah, they can hurt you. But they tried every time to get those points back. And why, you know, the frustration is maybe the play – the play, they're not the correct called plays for that position of field, which I can't understand. If you can complete 20 and 30 yard passes, but you can't complete f- maybe seven, eight yard pass for a touchdown or, you know, yeah. a two point conversion. Well, the, the final two, well, the final two, two point conversions, we might as well just talk about this topic right now and get out of the way, was because of the fact that we missed the first two and you had to put the team in position where that if they do get the two point conversion, now. If they kick a field goal, they're only going to tie the game. They're, they're not going to end up winning the game. And the third one was missed because uh, Toussaint was trying to be overly aggressive and helping the team. I mean, the guy was trying to help the team, and he jumped in front of uh, Jesse James, who was wide open and could have just, you know, just cuddled it and caressed it and hugged it and loved it <laughs> and stroked its fur. But Toussaint jumped in front of him and knocked the ball down. And the last one was the – I can't understand why pass interference wasn't. Can they call pass interference on a two point conversion? I think they should. Yeah, they can. But when you knock the receiver down on the ground, knock him down on the ground where he can't even catch the ball, and some guy comes out nowhere and catches it. I don't know. Those those two. I mean, the last one was just ridiculous. So, <laughs> I mean, that's this is why we're talking about this topic because number one, the Steelers lost, and you're upset. You're frustrated. You're angry. And then you try to piece the puzzle together about why am I angry? Well, because this didn't work and that didn't work and this didn't work. And you could keep on doing that until you just your head explodes. But this is we're trying to reason, come to reason why these two-point conversions didn't help us but hurt us. But if you do it and you make it, wow, that's eight points right there. Tom was the greatest coach ever, and Roethlisberger is the greatest quarterback, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But if they don't work, they don't work. But you got to try. You cannot sit back and say, you know what, they didn't work last time, so we're not going to try because we don't want to fail. And that's how teams don't win Super Bowls. If you're scared to try stuff, you're going to fail. Exactly, and I agree with you 111% on that. But, guys, like we said, on this scoreboard with the Steelers, Steelers defense didn't really play that bad until probably later in the game and in different spurts. But the fact is, later in the game when it was all on line, that's that's when bad things happened for the Steelers defense with uh, Steelers taking that lead, like you said, with Roethlisberger with that beautiful pass over on the fake, you know, spike. marino Yeah, back in the day, the 80s. And, you know, the defense didn't stand up to whatever they do. 40 seconds left, the Cowboys get the ball back methodically drive down the field on it on on the defense it was it was frustrating to watch and I know a lot of you guys out there who listen who are Cowboy fans or who are Steeler fans Cowboy fans jumping up all over the place my phone was buzzing off the hook but you know what I take it with a grain of salt because no matter what if you're a Steeler fan you're still a Steeler fan for life black and gold I'm here with you and you guys listening on radio 
Call in. We want to talk to you. Get your feedback. 216-539-9967. Check us out. We're here on WBLZ Sports streaming live. And we also streaming on TuneIn. Check us out there as well. Now, first downs for the Steelers was huge in this game. Steelers 30 first downs. They had 15 first downs the game before yeah, against the Ravens. Ga- yeah, two games in a row could have total 30. But that's when you have when you have a good offense and you got a, a good plan going, you you get those first downs. Yeah, and the Steelers had it. 30 to 20 Cowboys 20 first downs. Total yards for the Steelers 448 yards of offense. Cowboys 422 penalties. Four penalties for 40 yards. Cowboys 10 penalties for almost 100 yards. Wow. Yeah, for the penalties for Pittsburgh, it's it's not the the amount of penalties it was the timing of the penalties. Right. You have um, you had the two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. You had um, Cockrell with the hit, late hit out of bounds, which I can't understand that one. It's that was one of the most ridiculous plays you can think over zealous, over aggressive, whatever you want to call it. But that's how you lose games. And that late face mask penalty. You know, you got the scrum in there. You got four guys holding him up. I understand you might want to get your hand in there and try to strip the ball, but when you grab something metal like a face, you got to let go. And that that just pretty much sealed the deal because that put him right there in field goal range. Whether he uh, ran the, the 40 yards touchdown or they ran 10 yards and he kicked a field goal and let the clock run down, I, I don't think he Steelers, I, I think the Steelers would have still lost. Yeah, and the Steelers didn't actually have a turnover in this game. The Cowboys had the one turnover where um, Dak got, uh, he got sacked and got stripped of the ball early on in the game, first quarter action, and time of possession. 29 minutes, 36 seconds for the Steelers, 30 minutes and 24 seconds for the Cowboys. A lot of that was Zeke. You know, they kept handing off to Zeke, and he kept kept going for it. Let's go to the numbers. Roethlisberger, 37 of 46. Now, this is coming off of a, a knee surgery. Yeah. 408 yards, three touchdowns. No interceptions. He did have one interception on the two-point conversion, but they don't count those, so thank God. Um, Bell, a decent day. 17 for 57, one TD, nine receptions, 77 yards. I tell you, this guy, Bell, he still puts out. A.B., the same old usual ones, 14 receptions, 154 yards, one touchdown. Jesse James contributed four receptions for 59 yards, almost getting a touchdown late down the middle. Prescott, nice day for Prescott. This rookie is still impressing. 22 of 32, 319 yards, two TDs, one a long one to Des Bryant, yeah, which was almost a dagger as well. Garbage. Elliott, 21 of a, for 114 yards, two TDs. Zeke is still doing it. I hated to hear it all week. Zeke, 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 but what could you say? He's from Ohio State, too. I really can't stand Ohio State. <laughs> Go Penn State. Des Bryant, six receptions, 115 yards, one TD. And let's talk about that. Des Bryant. Des Bryant was covered by our rookie, first-round draft choice, Artie Burns. I don't know. What is the feedback out there on how Artie Burns did? I thought he did okay in spurts in the game. Because if if you look at the 115 yards that Des Bryant accumulated during the game, a lot of it was that big, that That bomb. Yeah, Yeah, that one big bomb at the end. 75 yards or something like that? Right. So, no, I don't think it was that much, but it might as well have been. <laughs> yeah, he held, he held him in check pretty much a night. And, and, you know, I never was an Artie Burns fan. I'm starting to warm up to him now because, you know, he is playing somewhat solid uh, football defense. But, you know, he got But he's not marking these no-name guys. He's marking these big-name guys, Mike Wallace, you know, just to name uh, a few. Des Bryant, one of, the, one of the best wide receivers out there. 
You know what I mean? You throw his rookie on there. And I like Keith Butler doing this because it's just going to make him a better player. Right. So, and I, I like that. I mean, he's throwing him in a fire. He's he's going to learn. He's going to get better. And right now, the Steelers are at a point to where really they have no options but to do that. But yeah. we do what you got to do, and he's getting better. And the fact is, I can see maybe down the stretch, if there is one one heck of a chance of the Steelers making the playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Uh, <laughs> you had to break out with that one. Oh, well, you know what? The Steelers, they, they, they are still in the playoff hunt. Well, outside of the playoff hunt right now, actually. But the fact is, they're there. And they've been there before. They were there a couple seasons ago when they started off 0-4. So the Steelers are still a viable team. I'm trying to make it into the playoffs. We're facing a lot of injuries. And once getting into injuries, we're going to talk about that right now. The injury bug, again, has focused his ugly head on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just when we get Cam Hayward back, just when we get him back, he's done for the year with a pec, uh, torn pec muscle. So Cam, it was great to see you for one game. But you know how that goes. And Stefan Tewitt, he he played admirably, you know, getting half sack with uh, Harrison yesterday. But um, the injury report is like always, Sanders. Uh, the list is long but distinguished. D'Angelo Williams is still out with that nagging injury. Uh, DHB, he's out with that sprained foot. Marcus Wheaton out with the shoulder. These guys won't be in there for Sunday Shamarco Thomas, now he's questionable. Jordan Dangerfield, also questionable with that groin injury. And uh, linebacker Steven Johnson, who we had to pick up uh, because of uh, Cam, Cam Hayward's injury earlier uh, in the season. He is placed on the IR. He's out. Now, here's an interesting thing. Bud Dupree, if you could remember who this guy is, um, he is a game-time decision for Sunday. I guess it's up to Tomlin. This came in today that Tomlin's going to decide whether or not Bud Dupree will be playing Sunday against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. So with that being said, with the injury report, like I said, Sanders, the list is long but distinguished. It, it, not to make excuses or nothing but like that, but it just, it just doesn't seem to end. Just when you think it's like... Um, up here in Rochester, New York, we get all the snow. It's like when you clean out your your driveway at the end with all that snow. Here comes a plow, and you know puts it all back in there. So it's just like it seems like we're going one step forward, three steps back with these injuries. But you know what time it is, Sanders? It's report card time, and here in my hand, like last week, my report card for the game against the Cowboys. Now. We can start at quarterback. Now, two-point conversion attempts aren't official game stats, like you said, Sanders. But if they were Roethlisberger's performance during them, 0 for 4, 0 yards, one interception would have dropped his passer rating 16 points from 125.4 to 109.4. But, you know, it's it you, you can't really say too much about him like you said, like you reiterated earlier, Sanders, that this guy's just coming off, you know, a torn meniscus, knee surgery, and he throws for 400 yards, so... So I give I'll give Ben an A. I'll give an A because no interceptions. He was sacked once, didn't cough up the ball, didn't turn the ball over. So I guess um, I guess I'll give him an A. Now, uh, running back Le'Veon Bell in the running back positions, pretty much was him the whole game. I'll give him a C plus. 
Now, 26 touches, 134 yards, two touchdowns, and Antonio Brown, a meaningless final play aided, 154 yards and 14 catches weren't bad. But the lack of a reliable number two receiver, like you mentioned, or tight end beyond Brown is beginning to become a concern. Now, we talked about, like I mentioned, Eli Rogers and uh, Kobe Hamilton are stepping up. But um, you have to have that solid number two like Marcus Wheaton or Martavius Bryant, which we've uh, done for the year. Now, the offensive line, Sanders, Roethlisberger largely was kept clean. Well, you can't really tell his black jersey, but he dropped back 51 times. He was hit twice, sacked once. Bell didn't have gaping holes to run either, but he wasn't under siege all during the game. So the linemen avoided the penalties, the offense. We're talking offense here. And um, because we talked about that, keys to victory, you got to eliminate the pre-snap penalties, and they did that. So um, I'll give them a B. For defensive line, Steven Toot was active in the pass rush, like I just said. Um, he's starting to get you know, into gear, and he's going to have to play a lot more now because of uh, Cameron Haywood's gone. But um, And also, uh, Javon Hargrave uh, played more than any other game, but you still have to do more to get that pass rush in there. I gave them a C-. minus. Linebackers are paid to be the tacklers, Sanders. So when the other team has a mediocre outing in that department, you have to come up with some plays. And the the tackling wasn't there. Anthony Ciccolo continued to make the case. He's the Steelers' best pass rusher, the one who created that fumble early in the game. Excellent special teamer. Um, and uh, like I said about Harrison and to its sack, uh, arguably should have been credited half or whatever. I give them a C. Secondary personal foul penalties called on Ross Cockrell and Sean Davis in the final two drives. That pretty much killed us. So that's I'm going to give them an All right, I'll give them a D because, you know, they came up with some big plays, kind of, a lot of covering. Special teams. Chris Boswell missed a field goal. Granted, was a 55-yarder, but if he would have hit it right, he would have made it, not to make excuses. Um Let's see, uh, Dallas's Lucky Whitehead. <laughs> Who comes up with these names? 39-yard <laughs> punt return, uh, trumping Antonio Brown's Steeler long return of 22 yards. Uh, Tucson had a team season long for a kickoff return that was 33 yards. And um, I give them a C. Coaching, Mike Tomlin has been given credit for going for two over the past season and half the since the NFL modified its extra point rule so he doesn't necessarily deserve this uh Derision when that strategy doesn't work out. Of the four two-point attempts Sunday, only the second one could be called a bad decision. Like, we we talked about that. Other than the Davis and Cockrell personal fouls, the Steelers largely avoided penalty flags. A welcome change to last week's 14 penalty debacle. The Steelers came out strong. and was more execution, not scheme. They got them beat. And we'll talk about that later in the show about the reasons why, you know, we pretty much why we didn't do what we did and how we lost. So I give the I give the coaching a B minus. So overall to the whole team, I give them a C. Well, you know what? If it goes back to the defense, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that. And one other I want to disagree with you on is the fact of Le'Veon Bell is the fact I thought he did a lot better than a C. I thought Le'Veon actually was the one who pulled the game to put the game in a winning position for us. And this guy, come on now, he's a running back, but he a great first touchdown grab. That was that was that was nice for a running back. That was a good catch, I gotta tell you. Yeah, and the fact is, 
he ran to daylight wherever there was daylight. And I fought that a lot on our superior line, which where our line is highly touted. But the fact is, we're one of the ones that has problems find trying to open holes. If you look at the Cowboys, those guys are run, they're basically blocking downhill. Yeah. And our red zone opportunities have increased and we have been more productive in the red zone. Now Ladarius Green coming back, we we failed to mention uh early in the show, has is starting to make somewhat of an impact. And what I seen at the beginning of the game, we talked about the keys of victory. And this is exactly what Pittsburgh was doing, and that's why they were winning, and that's why they were keeping it close. The further kickoff, so we get in the second half, you, when you come on offense, you got to do the no huddle, you got to do the short passes, you have to get the tight ends involved, which Ben did. Jesse James was right on target. A couple earlier drops by Ladarius Green, who is understandable, just getting back into the scheme of things. But it was working. And I, I don't know why we... Uh, deviated from that in the second half. I mean, it wasn't like it was a very close game second half. I mean, it was 13-15. You know, we get the ball back in the second half, so it wasn't like we had to come out throwing deep balls and, you know, trying to play catch-up because we weren't. We were winning. So to to get away from that, I, I thought that that kind of messed up the momentum of the game. Yeah, it did. It did kind of. But the Steelers, you know, like I said earlier, they're a team that wants to be revolutionized the same way that the the New England Patriots do. You know, and like we talked offline, the New England Patriots, I'm scared of them if it's fourth down and 10 and they have no reason not to go for it, but they will because that's what it is. It's it's that almost that arrogance that makes you afraid. And and that's what it is with Belichick and the Steelers. They, they have to be on attack mode. Because what is the Steelers' whole MO of how the Steelers operate, especially after halftime? I'm used to the Steelers getting the ball three and out right after halftime. I'm used to the Steelers being the – if they're the first one to get the ball at the beginning of the game, three and out. Yeah, I, th- I think the problem what's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers in the second half is predictability. I think teams are seeing this and adjusting, not like you know we've come out in earlier games and we've been overpowering, but still – going into halftime with, with big leads and then coming in the second half and looks like, what's going on here? These guys are, you know, making it a game now. So, I mean, I think one of the problems we have is predictability. Now, as far as defensive uh, schemes, I think what Keith Butler needs to do, now we put a lot of pressure on, or more than usual pressure on Prescott with the 3-4, the 4 down guys, I think, what we need to do, call me kooky, call me crazy, is that I think we need to stuff the box. I mean, especially, especially when we're playing rookie quarterbacks. Now we're Roethlisberger and the Steelers are what eight and two against, or maybe eight and three now against rookie uh, quarterbacks that are playing against them. You stuff the box. You keep two linebackers in the middle for crossing routes. The tight ends coming over for the for the quick outlet. And you play one-on-one with your corners, and you have the safeties back for help. Yeah. Screw this Tampa 2 zone crap. It's not working. Because if it is working, they're running on us. And perfect example, the Patriots game. And we stopped Gronk. We stopped Bennett. We stopped the receiving. But LeGarrette Blunt ran all over us. So second half, we adjusted. We stopped the run game. But there we go. There's the Gronk. He's still playing. Over the middle. Touchdown. 
you know, and it's just, um, it's just we have to create some kind of pressure. Now you have seven, eight guys, or we'll say seven guys, down linemen, stuff in the box. You stop the run. You put the pressure. You you keep the the quarterback in the pocket. You don't flush him out. And then you you hope that your defensive backs are going to cover and have your linebackers cover the middle of the field, the open part of the field. That's how you that's how you do it. Yeah, I agree with you 111. percent Hey guys, you know what? We're going to get ready to go to commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the playoff picture for the Steelers. And also, let's talk about the next game with the Steelers coming up in Cleveland. Next up on Steeler Nation Live. At Grease Lightning, we offer fast automotive service, specializing in oil changes and auto repairs. We offer convenient and comprehensive maintenance and repair service. Fast and no appointment necessary. At Grease Lightning, we offer the best prices on top name brands. We get you in, out, and on your way, just like Grease Lightning. Grease Lightning is locally owned and operated. So come on down to 2061 Chile Avenue here in Rochester and talk to Charles because he's in charge. You can also call Charles at 585-563-7939 or go to our website at mygreaselightning.com. WBLZ Sports Talk Radio. You can't talk sports if you don't have the ball. Steeler Nation Live has the balls on WBLZ Sports Talk Radio. Uniform Express located on 1408 Buffalo Road, Rochester, New York for your police, fire, or EMS supplies. One of Rochester's top and finest suppliers of shirts, pants, shoes, boots, and accessories for your professional uniform needs. Uniform Express also does embroidery and screen print for team uniforms, jerseys, and corporations. Hours are Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can also go to their website at www.uniformexpress.com. Welcome back to your Steeler source, Steeler Nation Live. Or who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Guys, like we said, it's a somber day (laughs) in Stillerland. A lot of guys are getting hard feelings. But you know what? We got a call coming in, so we're going to check that out. Hey, welcome to Stiller Nation Live. Sanders Tisdale, James Zone. Who we got on the line? This is uh, Jesse. Hey, how you doing, brother? We're here. We're talking about the Steelers-Cowboys game. Somber loss, a lot of, lot of bad feelings here, you know what I mean? So um, I don't know if you got to tune into that game. What were your thoughts on that game versus the Cowboys? Well, I wasn't able to watch it because I was in uh, Phoenix, Arizona at the Phoenix race. But, um, you know, from looking at some of the highlights and stuff, I mean, you know, Cowboys obviously did pretty awesome because they're the best team in America. They're America's team, you know. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, guys, you know what? No matter which way it is, brother, we, we looked at the game, and the Cowboys right now, they're, they're cresting right now. And I mean, they beat the Steelers on all facets. Zeke is a prominent, you know, young running back. But one of my friends, let me ask you now, you being a Cowboy fan, and that's what I love on this show because we welcome any call from any team, brother, and this is what it's all about. But the fact is, do you think Dak, 
Prescott should be in the talks for MVP? Um, I do think he should be because just with everything he's done this year, you know, being a rookie and everything, I, I think he's been awesome and, you know, helping carry that team and take them from what they have been in the past to where, they at, where they're at right now. Um, I think, you know, that definitely needs to be uh, recognized. So, you know, between him and um, you know, Dak Prescott, um, both of them together, I think that combination has been really crucial. And that, I think that's been the missing piece the Cowboys, the Cowboys you know, haven't had in a little while. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think he should be in the talks for MVP. Uh, this is James. Let me ask you a question. Uh, you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, so you should be familiar with what's going on as far as quarterback situation. Uh, Prescott doing a fabulous job as a rookie, doing a great job, leading the Cowboys 8-1. and one. Jerry Jones comes in and says, you know what? Tony Romo's our guy. Dak's going to sit out. You being a Cowboy fan, talk to me. Walk me through it. What would you? How would you react to this? Um, I don't think it would be a good idea for him to do that. The reason why is because Dak is on a pretty good ball right now, and he has great momentum. And since he's now gotten comfortable with the team, he's gotten comfortable with his role, and he's playing um, at the level that the Cowboys would expect um, you know, uh, someone of the Cowboys to play at, um, there's no reason in the world to stop that momentum because um, football and just sports in general are about momentum. You know, once you pick up momentum and you're rolling, um, you never want to break it for no reason. Just because um, the, the prior starting quarterback is back healthy again and ready to go does not mean you have to throw him back in, especially since his results over the last few years haven't been exactly what the Cowboys have been looking for. And now you have someone who's actually outperformed him um, for the first part of the season now. Um, you know, there's no reason to take him out. The only reason he should really ever make that switch is if Scott Prescott went, you know, on a three, four, five game streak of just, you know, you know bad judgment calls and, um, you know, losing and this and that. And then at that point, you could be like, you know what, okay, we can make the switch right now. That would be a good move, and we'll see what, you know, Tony Romo can bring back to the table. Now, now, let me ask you this as well while I got you on line here. And, again, thanks for calling into the show, brother. We appreciate it here on Still Nation Live is the fact that now I'm looking at Des Bryant. Now, Des isn't getting the ball as much as he used to. Do you think, being a Cowboy fan, do you think is it that time for you guys to probably think about dealing Des away? Giving him away? No, no I mean, uh, you know, thinking about trading him out. While he's healthy, because Des does have health problems. Um, I mean, he does, but uh, I think a lot of players in the NFL do just because that's the nature of the game. So um, I don't think it'd be smart to do that because I think he's a great asset for the team, and it's very hard to find receivers like him who are uh, just big time playmakers who, at any point, could go all the way and um, go all the way and uh, and score. You know, any play. So. Uh, players like that are hard to come by. There's only a few in the NFL who are actually like that, receiver-wise. And if you were, if you traded him, you, the only reason to trade him would be to trade for somebody else who's just like that, um, and, you know, like a Megatron-type receiver. So, uh, no, I don't, I don't think it would be smart to trade him. Even though he has health problems, I mean, anybody can have. You know, if you put those players who go five, six years without ever really getting hurt, and all of a sudden, you know, they're getting hurt every year from there on. So you never know. Let me ask this one one more question for you. Do you see Tony Romo in a Dallas Cowboy jersey next year? A lot of talks about maybe uh, going to the Jets, um, other teams. Do you think that Tony Romo will leave Dallas? I think Tony Romo 
it'd be in his best it'd be in his best interest to leave if that Prescott like continues to do the things he's been doing this year and continues to improve, continues to get better, um, continues winning and takes him to the playoffs. Um, if he does that, then it'd be in Tony Romo's best interest to, you know, find a new home. Um, if that doesn't happen, then it'd be in his best interest to stay there with the Cowboys and duke it out for next year to see who should be the starter. Hey, that's what it's talking about. I love this. And see, that's what I mean, brother. I appreciate it. You can call in the show anytime. Being a Cowboy fan is refreshing to talk to a Cowboy fan. Not who really. Who might, well, you know, one that talks <laughs> like he has some common sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like some, some of the Cowboy fans that we have to deal with on a daily basis. But, yeah. Hey, brother, we appreciate you calling in, brother. And like I said, much appreciated your Cowboys. Great win for them. Great game. One of the better games of the week, as far as I'm concerned. Even though we came up on the short end of the stick. Your boys went out there and they did it. Zeke put it to us, especially late in the game. And I'm talking to you almost with tears coming out of my eyes. They so. are. I see them. You're, you're sw- they're swelling up. Ted. Let me get the tissues. Hey, oh, boy, not again. You want a hug? Hey, brother, but we want to let you know we appreciate you for calling this show, brother. And thanks a lot. Hey, guys, that's what it's all about. You know, when you got a guy calling in who's who's a Cowboy fan, and we take him from all levels. And you know what? We know we're going to get the bashing, but that's a part of it. That's a part of the game. If you if you love football, if you love the sport, you got to be able to take the rads in as much as you put it out. And we love it here on Stillation Live. So thanks again for calling, even from a Cowboy fan, much as that hurt. But the fact is, the Steelers have a lot of other things to worry about. The Steelers, mm. next up on the horizon is the Cleveland Browns. Oh, yeah. And much as that shouldn't be scary, with the record, but the fact is, with a record of 0-10, I still don't trust the Steelers will be able enough to handle these guys, especially in Cleveland, because the Steelers had some ugly games in Cleveland. Now, Sanders, obviously, obviously, uh, the Cleveland Browns are mathematically eliminated from any type of playoff contention. They were mathematically eliminated uh, preseason, uh, but you know, 10 losses in a row to start the season is not something that any team wants. Now, uh, head coach Hugh Jackson takes much of the blame for this, and we appreciate that. And he's hoping the fans don't turn on him or the team because they're trying to you know, work through these issues. Now, Browns on offense, the quarterback. Troubles continue for the Browns as they have made their way through five different signal callers in 2016. We all know this guy, Cody Kouser from USC, was benched in favor of Josh McCown during last week's game against the Baltimore Ravens. And Jackson has not yet decided for a starter week 11. That's a problem, Sanders. When you don't, your quarterback is your leader, offensively, obviously, on the field. And for you not to have a quarterback that you can, uh, a week prior to the game, that's that's why these Cleveland Browns have, have, have problems. Now, Terrell Pryor, since I said prior, senior Gary Barnage and Andrew Hawkins are all great targets with running back. Duke Johnson Jr., if you pick him up on waivers, is a great pickup. But the Browns don't have a lot of balance on offense. Isaiah Crowell is a strong runner, but he doesn't rack up a lot of yards, and Cleveland often abandons the rushing tack because they're always playing catch-up because they find themselves falling behind early in games. Now, on the defense side of the ball, the Browns are dead last with the 32th-ranked defense in the entire NFL. They give up an average of more than 419 yards per game, Sanders. They've allowed 301 points this season for an average of more than 30 points per game. Now, Cleveland only has 16 sacks as a team. In 2016, with outside linebacker Emmanuel Ogba leading the way with three total this season, he is quick off the snap. 
and does well in the pass rush. So the Steelers' offensive line will need to make sure that he and defensive end Carl Nassib are count for all times, and don't forget Jamie Collins. That excuse me, who just you know just got uh, signed with the um, the Browns or traded for a third round pick. Now, there's no doubt that Terrell Pryor Sr. has made the transition from quarterback to wide receiver without much of a problem. He's also been one of the few bright spots on a lackluster Browns offense. He's fast and runs routes perfect and knows how to get open in moments notice. But Pryor has 627 yards on 51 receptions this season with four touchdowns. Now, defensively, the Browns have been beaten just about every aspect of the game, but there are a few players who stand out, and one of them is defensive back Brian Bodie Calhoun. So far this season, he has two interceptions and one sack. So Big Ben is going to need to keep an eye on him because before you know it, uh, Calhoun could add to his four passes defended in uh, 2016. So the the Cleveland Browns are not giving up. You know, they're still, they're still getting their paycheck, and no doubt – that they have talent on their team. They just can't seem to get things going in one direction. They do get close at times, and if you look at their, their past schedule, the close games that they had been in, you know, they're just on the edge of getting that win. Now, the Steelers have more than enough skill and talent to beat the Browns, annihilate the Browns, but we all know, Sanders, that we always play down to horrible teams, and we always play up. Like, perfect example with the yeah, Cowboys. Exactly. Look at, just look at the stats. Look at the numbers against the Cowboys. You would think coming into the game on paper, the Dallas Cowboys should destroy us. That there should, it shouldn't be as close as this. But we all know how the Steelers play. Yeah, and that's exactly how the Steelers play. The Steelers play down to the level of competition and play up to the next guy who they're playing. And they have to be ready for this game. We say this over and over and over. You can't take the you can't take them lightly. If you look at some of the games that the Browns have played already this season, they played tough against some teams. You look at the they played the Ravens the first time. They lost that game twenty five to twenty, and that was only because the Ravens had to score late to get back into that game. They lost the guys that are pretty decent out there. If you look at the Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Titans just finished dismantling Green Bay. They, they almost won that game, 26-28, to 28, and that was at the Titans. And also, you go down the list, playing in their own division against the Bengals. They lost that one 17-31, but for a while there, the Browns were game in that one. Then they lost to the Jets. Of course, the Jets late coming back in that game. The Cowboys really drilled them 35-10, and the Browns, you know, lost again to the Ravens the second time they played them. The Ravens finally figuring out what they did the first time wrong and then got it right, and up comes the Steelers. And they hate Pittsburgh in the Ohio Valley, Cleveland side. And the fact is, the Steelers have to be ready for this. This has been a battle that's been going on forever. They know each other. So the game is going to be tight. And especially the Steelers are coming in again, losing to injuries, losing players. And here we are again, going into a must-win game. And we put ourselves in that position. But every game throughout, again, for the Steelers, for maybe the third or fourth season now, has... Every game at this point is always becoming a must-win game for us, James. Yeah, absolutely. I just from here on out, you know, my twelve and four season, folks. If you do the math at home, my math not so good. I don't think it's going to happen, but we can be eleven and five. Okay, I, I'm trying to be as optimistic as possible, and it could happen. It could happen. And if you look at the schedule, I mean, the toughest team other than outside the the New York Football Giants would be the Dallas Cowboys for the rest of the season. And to play the Cowboys the way we played them, we should have, our record should be 12-4. and four. 
But now that we got that one, that last loss out of there, I think the Giants are going to be tough. But we can finish eleven and five. I think we can do this. I, I beg to differ. I, I see the like I said at the beginning of the season. I seen the Steelers going out at a ten and six record. Hopefully, you know, still with a shot to get into the playoffs, which we all talked about earlier. And if you look at the playoff picture, a lot of the North, the same ones are still up there. The New Englands, now the Cowboys on the NFC side. And it goes down further, and, and we're getting further and further out of that picture where it starts to become gloomy. And the Steelers are right at the cusp. Where I believe we're either a little above Indianapolis or right below Indianapolis. So that's how close we are to this picture of either failing or keeping, you know, keeping it within grasp. But the Steelers, they have to stay on board with everything. And right now, the playoff picture for the Steelers looks pretty gloomy. But first, we got to take care of Cleveland. So. I see it being a real tight game in Cleveland, but I can see the Steelers hopefully pulling it out with a 20 to 10 victory in Cleveland. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say 24 to 10, Sanders, and the score is not going to actually depict the game. I think the Steelers should come out on all facets and just rip these guys apart. Like this is a practice game, like a tune-up game. Okay, I mean, on paper, just like the Cowboys and the Steelers, we should destroy these Cleveland Browns, not because they're the Cleveland Browns and they're our division, but they suck. I mean, you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, folks. There's no other way around it. I mean, I'm sorry if I hurt somebody's feelings out there. If you, if you have to get a coloring book or go into your <laughs> safe room or play with some Play-Doh because I hurt your feelings, I'm sorry. The Browns are horrible. They're an abysmal team, and because there's no leadership, like I said two seconds ago, if you don't know who your starting quarterback is for the next game, either because you're drunk, high, or because your players are incapable of playing, there's no leadership, there's no control, you cannot expect a team to go onto the field and be productive. And that's what the Cleveland Browns have been well known for. It goes all the, all the way up to the top. I mean, your soldiers are as only good as your leaders. And it's proven well with the Cleveland Browns because they have absolutely no leadership. So this score should be 40-something to 3 or even 50 because the Steelers should average 30-plus points a game against anybody. They did against the Cowboys. They did against the 7-2 Chiefs. I mean, the great teams, we're, we're scoring points on them, but these other teams are bringing us down, and I'm kind of sick of it. But well, let's hope the Steelers can muster up enough and keep their head in this game and win this game. So you guys who are checking the game out on Sunday, best believe, I believe the Steelers will make a turnaround. And it, because of that turnaround, and re, one of the reasons that I think the turnaround is the fact that there's been a lot of stuff on the internet about a lot of locker room talk with the Steelers. A lot of things being said out there. I've heard that there's been finger pointing. I've heard that uh, Tomlin said enough is enough. Ben's getting fed up with the whole situation. And, you know, you read things on the Internet, who knows if it's true or not, but there needs to be someone to step up and say, enough is enough. This is it. Guys, play your role. Play your positions. That's what happened in the, in the game against the Cowboy. You know, for the, for the middle of the defense to open up, as Zeke said, like the Red Sea. Yeah, he, it was Moses out there parting the Red Sea. Come on, guys. That's not how you play defense in a tight spot. But, guys, you know what? We got another call coming in. We're going to check this out here on Still a Nation Live. Welcome to Still a Nation Live. You're talking to Sanders Tisdale and James Owen. Who we got on the line? 
got Darius on the line for Jesse. Hey, how you doing, brother? Welcome to Steeler Nation Hello, Live. man. <laughs> a lot of things going on, of course. Like we said, yeah, still is a rough week. We just finished playing the Cowboys, lost to the Cowboys, hurtful loss to the Cowboys. A very hurtful loss to the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. What are, we thought they were. Exactly. What That's are your thoughts out there about how the Steelers played in this game versus the Cowboys? I mean, on the, let's go. Let's start with the were. defensive I mean, side of the ball. Look. Man, defense is weak, man. You can't let somebody like Ezekiel Elliott go for a touchdown untouched. That's number one. Number two is any given Sunday, so anybody can take a loss on Sunday, no matter if it's the Cowboys, Steelers, or the Patriots. But man, you gotta defense wins games, man. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta stop the other person from scoring. So you just gotta tighten down. It's gonna be a rough season. Yeah, like we said, now the fact is the Steelers. They went through this game versus the Cowboys, and it was a rough it was a rough game for the Steelers, more more or less on the defensive side of the ball. But Ben coming back, like we said, from being injured, and to throw for 408 yards, now you get back to the locker room, and there there's starting to be a lot of bad locker room talk. And the fact is, there are a lot of finger pointing, and we here at Nation Live believe that it needs to be a lot of finger pointing because guys have to play their positions. You got guys out there, and you get Zeke from the Cowboys who said that was one of the easiest touchdowns I ever had because the defense parted like the Red Sea. Can you believe that, man? That's embarrassing. I mean, you can, you can point fingers. You know, like you said, everybody has to do their job. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's a team effort. You know, you're only strong as your weakest link. So, I mean, if, you, if you're going to point fingers at anybody, you first got to point that finger at yourself. You know what I'm saying? You got to motivate the guys, man. If they're not doing it, that's it. It doesn't matter. Uh, I think it's more of not pointing fingers necessarily, but calling people out. You know, letting them know that hey, you got to step up. You got you have a job to do. You know, you're just not out yeah, there making that's, money. That's, yeah, man, that's, that's a different story. Man. If you're calling people out, then, then you know that that's how it should be done. You know, if somebody's not doing their job, you know, if everybody does their job perfectly, you win the game. So you got to find you got to find that weak link. You got to call that weak link out, man. You got to put people on the spot sometimes, and you got to fix it. Yeah, and if you if you don't like being called out, do your do your job, and then you won't have to worry about it. You make tackles, nobody's gonna call you out. What are they gonna call you out on if you're covering they somebody? Might call you out for something good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. hey, there you go. It's it, I I agree, but you know what? It hurts. You know what? You just lost the game for us. It hurts. Every, it hurts more than your you and your yeah. pride. So you got to do your, you got to do your stuff, man. Step up and do your job. Now let me ask you this now. You you got a big game. We got a big game coming up this Sunday versus the uh Cleveland Browns. And the Cleveland Browns are 0 and 10 right now. But I don't care if the Cleveland Browns are like 0 and 0 and 15 at this point because the Steelers right now, you have to show everyone in the NFL that this is it. Last week was a fluke. We're just losing to the Cowboys. We're back on the cusp. What do you see yourself as a final score for the Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns this weekend? I'm gonna give it twenty eight. I'd say 28-15. And so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too confident in the, uh, in the Browns winning. But like I said, man, it's any given Sunday. Anybody can get that win, just like that. They're all grown men. They're all out there getting paid millions to do a job. So at any point in time, the Browns can come back and you know pull that upset victory over over the Steelers. And I, I hate to say it, but it'd probably be, I'd probably be more, uh, more heart pressed if the uh, Browns took another loss. I'd like to see them get a dub one of these weeks. Yeah, let's hope it doesn't happen against us. 
Hey, again, brother, like we said, we got about eight minutes left in the show. We appreciate you calling here on Still a Nation Live. And like I said, there's only one nation, and that's Still a Nation. And you one of the guys that prove it out there. So thanks again for calling Still a Nation Live, brother. You're welcome, man. Catch you later. Every Tuesday night, 6 to 7, Eastern Standard Daylight Time. Once again, that's every Tuesday night, Easter Standard Daylight Savings Time, 6 to 7 here on the East Coast. 216-539-9967 is the number to call. 216-539-9967. And right now, Sanders, you know what time of the show it is. It is... Agree or disagree. You gotta love it. So first item off the bid, Sanders... Time to stop the two-point try. Agree or disagree? I disagree. And the fact that I disagree is because that helps us get to that next level that if you make that first one, now the other team is hard-pressed to say, okay, you know what? We're already down by eight points, not seven, eight. So the fact is, if they kick a field goal, they know they still have to get a touchdown. Or if they get a touchdown, they know they're still behind. So I love every facet of it. And the fact is, maybe put better plays in for it, maybe. That's the way I'm feeling. Yeah, with Darius Green coming into the scene, it uses the tight ends more. And you know what? A-B. I mean, it's two points, but it's two points. And you know what? I disagree. I think they should continue the two-point conversion. Next up the bid is it's not okay to call out team or a loss. To call out a team on a loss. I, I disagree. It's so it's okay to do. Yeah, we just talked about that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You gotta do it. And like you said, you gotta find that wink link because that's that's the person that could every game, you know, hold you susceptible to giving up yards or giving up points. So the Steelers, you gotta be called out. Yeah, it's it may embarrass you, it might belittle you but you know what if you do your stuff right and do your uh, do your job and know your role you won't be called out next item we should look past the cleveland game and focus on tougher teams after no i disagree and the reason i disagree is the fact that steelers right now have to focus on every game every game is a championship game for the steelers right now as far as i'm concerned because every game holds the steelers from staying in the playoffs or staying home so the fact is, I, I say you have to focus on every game every week for the Steelers. Now we have the Browns twice. We have the Ravens one more time, the Bengals one more time, and we play the Giants and the Bills. So not that tough a schedule. Like I said earlier, you know, once we get past the, the New York football Giants, Buffalo might be a scrappy, tough team to play in Buffalo. It's always tough to play in uh, uh, with, with the, the beer drinkers down there. But, um, yeah, it's it's – yeah, we can't look past the Browns. We got to play a game because we're below 500. You have to look at every game now. Now, I could see if we were 8 and 1, 7 and 1, you might eh, shrug it off. You might say, "Okay, it's the Browns. We're going to win this. Maybe but we're going to win this and well, let's focus on the team that well, let's keep this ball rolling." I can understand that maybe. Next item. The referees continue to do a horrible job. Agree or disagree? I agree 111%. The referees, they're still – sometimes if you look at some of the plays out there and they they don't call it or even, you know, in case even with the Cowboys, there should have been a, a face mask penalty that should have been called earlier than the one they actually did call. Yeah, I think it was the play before with right. Beasley. Right. Tore his head all over. You know, I mean, you know, call a call is a call as far as I'm concerned, and they're missing a lot of them. Unless – Unless you're in Seattle and you're a Seahawk fan, you love these referees because it seems that every game in Seattle, there's at least one or two blatantly blown calls. 
blatantly blown calls. Even the call in New Orleans at home. I can't believe this one. Even though I have Denver's defense on my fantasy team, the guy intercepts and runs back for a touchdown or whatnot, steps on the line, clearly, not once but twice. And their reasoning was, well, he has white shoes, the line is white, we can't really tell if he actually stepped out or not. It's got to be overly convincing because the play on the field was called a touchdown, so you have to have all the evidence and video showing, you know, inconclusive that he did step out. So I think that was another horrifically blown call by the officials. Now, the last time I'm up for bid, for all you college football fans out there, Sanders, I don't know if, uh, if you watch any college football over the weekend, but out of the three biggest college upsets over the weekend, Clemson lost to uh, Pittsburgh, Michigan lost to Iowa, and Washington lose. I don't know about Washington losing to USC, but what Michigan was the worst upset? Agree or disagree? I have to agree. Yeah. And the reason, reason, my reasoning behind it is that Iowa was 21 point underdog to 21 points, and you win this game against Michigan, who was undefeated. But granted, they were in Iowa, but still, but still, a great, great game for Iowa because in that division is Penn State, and we're still fighting for that top spot. Hey, so that's what it's all about here. Like we said, guys, we appreciate you guys stopping by the show tonight and checking the show out with us because we appreciate the way you give us the love here on Still Nation Live. We thank the guys who called in. We had a Cowboy fan who called in, of all people. But you know what? Much love here on Still Nation Live. We can take it and we can give it. And our time is coming here on Still Nation Live. And don't forget, don't forget, <laughs> don't forget to go to your local Wendy's restaurant tonight. Grab some great food. Grab a four for four deal or a triple decker, whatever you get there, Wendy's, and money proceeds go to the Dave Thomas uh, Adoption Foundation to adopt children. It's a great cause and great food. Get out there, have some fun. Hey guys, like we said, till we see you next Tuesday on Still Nation Live, and make sure you go to our website, check us out at www.stillnationlive.net.